Welcome to Songs of Inspiration, a monthly podcast that brings you interviews and performances by local singer-songwriters with the goal to give space to the music community and share local artists' messages and stories with the world. I'm your host, Lars Wickman. Hey everyone, I'm here in the studio with award-winning R&B singer-songwriter Lisa Bello. Thanks for being on the podcast today, Lisa. I'm super hyped. I haven't been on a an interview-style podcast in a long time, so thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Um, so to kick things off, I'd like to start at the beginning and uh, ask if you could share a little bit about how you got started with music. Okay. So my father is is and was a singer. Um, he was in a band since, you know, I could barely talk and walk. Um, and he basically never had a moment in the house where there was no music playing. Like oh, there was music for washing dishes, music for headed to sports, music for making the lasagna and manicotti. And he kind of instilled in my brother and I this desire to be big dreamers. So I think my mom was the very stable, make sure everyone goes to college, make sure everyone does this. And my dad was like, no, bump it, go right for your <laughs> dreams, whatever you want to do. Um, so my start was in my school choir, just when I was a kid doing that. Um, and then I sang background vocals for my brother. That was my other nice. musical journey. And yeah, that was basically the beginning of what's led to this. Very cool. Awesome. Um, what artists influenced you as you started out with music? I have to say always my guy, Stevie Wonder. I think because Motown was so heavily played in my house mm -hmm. that Stevie Wonder, well, I can't, I'd be amiss to say James Brown because that's my dad's favorite. So I'd say in the male side, it would be Stevie Wonder, James Brown. I loved Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin. Coming more modern, Lauryn Hill, Amy Winehouse. Nice. I tend to gravitate towards their raspy voices. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can hear that a little bit in the songs that you do and yeah. stuff. And even the Stevie Wonder vibe in some of your music. I oh, can hear, like, that makes the me happy. I love him. Stuff with them. He always has such an upbeat feel to his music. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Um, when did you know music was something you wanted to pursue full time? I It's ironic because I know a lot of musicians um, tend to choose that life much earlier. I think I always thought it was going to be a hobby. I was a sports player and mentally I was going to the Olympics. I also thought I was going to be the first woman in the NHL. So oh, I wasn't cool. a teenager thinking this was a career for me. It wasn't until I was in college and I had auditioned for a few record labels and a couple girl groups that I was like, no, I, I can do this. Like, I can full-time do this. I can still play my sports. So I want to say I was 19 or 20 when I said I'm fully committed to riding this wave. Very cool. Yeah. What sports do you play? I'm curious. So I grew up playing every sport, hockey, softball, karate, basketball, soccer. I went to college to play soccer. I mean, oh, to play softball, cool. excuse me. I wish it was soccer. And yeah, I just, I think that now that dream for women, for young girls is something they can make possible. But unfortunately Absolutely. back then it wasn't really something there was a cutoff for us as women sports players. Mm -hmm. But now I'm happy to say that's not the deal. So on my end, I would like to get into singing for more sports, for more women's sports. I Very think that cool. would be how my dreams could align back again. Awesome. Did you have any um, mentors uh, along the way as you were coming up in music? I did have a lot of mentors. Uh, my father, first and foremost, and my brother, who's a little bit older than me, and he was actually signed to a label when we were very young. So I feel like he was able to bring back a list of, Lisa, this is what you should and shouldn't do. This is what you shouldn't sign. I think he toughened me up in the sense of making sure I said no early. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I would also say the other influence I had, I can not not name Flip Matrix. So birth name Floyd Wilcox from Dorchester. Mm -hmm. He's an incredible producer to this day that we ended up building a studio in our house that he would come to. Yeah. And then he moved to California. He never forgot about us. We still treat him like our brother. But Flip was probably my first real mentor in the industry. Very cool. Do you have any creative routines that help you kind of keep inspiration flowing as a songwriter? So songwriting is, you know, it's it's my nine to five. And when you say, do I have creative routines? It's a nice little push for me to remind myself to keep doing those because mm-hmm. it can get monotonous. Yeah. Like my normal routine, especially if I'm writing for an artist via Zoom and I don't really know them. If they're younger, I tend to go on TikTok, go on the radio, go on the top trends on Billboard and kind of see what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Not as much to copy, but more to be like, okay, what is trendy? What are these kids listening to? What's the attention span right now? So I'd say the creative routine for that type of songwriting for other people is to kind of immerse myself in that stuff. When it's writing for myself, I'm completely isolating, whether it's going to like an Airbnb in the woods or just sitting outside amongst the trees with silence. So my own personal stuff is really being in my own head. I actually don't like it to be noisy when it's for my stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest inspiration comes from the world around me more than it does from outside influences when it comes to my music. Very cool. Yeah, I've also experienced that where like if you isolate yourself and just really focus on a song, it can really do a lot. To A lot of that inspiration just comes yeah. up after a while. The creative sitting. juices start flowing 100%. Yep. Definitely. That's cool that you uh, songwrite for other artists too. Can you tell us a little bit more about that kind of work and how you got into that? Yeah, so my brother's going to get way too much credit here, but my brother was signed to Sony when I was very young. And it was the first time I realized that singing doesn't make you as much money as writing does. Yeah. And I think now we're in such a world of uh, fast exposure at our hands. Most artists know that. So I think back then it was a little bit of an advantage for me to start writing. So I started writing hooks for rappers. Oh, cool. Not always hooks that I was singing either. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I was writing hooks that they were rapping. And I think you'd call that now ghostwriting because I was taking money over credit. Mm-hmm. And to now that I'm not... I, We can talk about this later, but I was a Boston public school teacher for many years Mm -hmm. and the writing was getting overwhelming. The gigs I couldn't keep up with. So I retired and now it's started with word of mouth. And now I'm part of a company that I write for. And it's basically like everywhere from Hawaii to here and sometimes overseas that people ask for my writing skills. And you'd be surprised at the genres. The only genre I don't write for is country. That's oh, wow. choice, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's very fun. Do you have any new music in the works or a new album or anything? I of? do. I have some things. I hate when artists do this, but I am going to do this. I am working with a couple people that I want to keep under wraps for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a side project that is going to be a mix of house, R&B, all types of other things with this producer named Chris Stath. He's from Boston. He's also a really incredible DJ. He lives in New York. And we linked up in New York a few years ago. We've done a ton of house songs that I never thought I would get into. I think we mm-hmm. called it techno. I don't know what the proper term is, but when people know me that I'm R&B to the core, it's really fun to dive into that stuff. So I'll be coming back around with some of those songs. Oh, cool. Um, I say this in my head all the time, but I'm going to speak it aloud on your podcast. I'm in the works of doing a children's album. Oh, nice. I've been talking about it for years. Shout out to Malik Williams, because I think we're going to collab on that. 
it's just kind of in my nature and his nature as parents, but also mm -hmm. as mentors and teachers to the youth. Mm -hmm. It's like, it kind of comes a second nature. Why have we not done a cool, funky children's album? So that's coming. That's cool. Having an R&B like children's album. Yes. That's also a cool niche. Like I don't see many children's albums like that. That are like that. No, yeah. I mean, I think Gracie's Corner does a great job of um, putting hip hop into mm -hmm. the children's songs. But you're right. There's not really an R&B niche. So I think this would be cool to make it our own. What's the biggest challenge you've faced um, pursuing a career as a singer songwriter? I would say the biggest challenge I faced would be my gender. Um, I think, again, I'm in the over 30 club. And when I first started and up until a few years ago, like the barriers for us as women, they're still there. You know, I think we've done a great job and the male community that has stepped up for us and had our back has done a great job of opening the doors and, uh, and raising that ceiling. Yeah. But I think in my early years, it was being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the studios I would walk into, I name this, I, I talk about this story all the time, but there's so many times back in the day I would be in the studio and I'd have like 15 men in the room that were either producers or engineers, yeah. musicians, uh, homies, and someone would come in and they would dap everyone up but me. And then they mm -hmm. would say, hey, what's what's going on? Who's, whose session is this? And all the men would turn to look at me and they'd point at me. And it would make me giggle, but also it was so disheartening. Yeah. Because it was like, you could never imagine that it would be my session. Now it's much different. I think more so because I, I do command a room um, yeah. since I've been doing this for so long. But it's just men are doing a great job of being like, all right, let me come in with the proper respect, yeah. ask the right questions and not just assume. And I think that's growth in the industry and that's growth with us as a society. Definitely. Yeah, I work in music software. I work at Isotope. And oh, yeah. I, I've also observed, like, I worked at Cakewalk for a long time before, and it was a lot of, like, it was 98% male. And going to Isotope, it was different. There were a lot, there was a lot more of a mix, and it was a lot more, like, diverse. And it was just cool to see that change over time yeah. in the industry. Because I think it is really important to to have that diversity of thought and stuff and and the different music stuff that that is out there. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's uh, that's actually great to hear from your back end because yeah. I said, "Oh, that's nice to hear that." Yeah, it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Can you share a story about one song you've written that um, holds special meaning to you, and talk a little bit about how you wrote it? Sure. I'm actually going to sing the song today, so that's a great. This is a great segue into it. The song Make It was on my 2017 album, Tommy Boy. And this song was basically written during a time of transition from mm -hmm. both teaching, also a relationship. I was becoming a single mom. And I wrote this song in my basement. And I remember there was no heat. And that's important because I was so cold. I was so defeated. I was so frustrated. And I basically was saying in the cliche way, how are we going to make it? And I just wrote that on paper. And I try to figure out like all the things that were getting me down. Like um, basically I know that I'm up against this wall. I know that I can't quit. So what are the things I'm going to do to make this happen? And I translated that into words. And it was like, how are we going to make it if we don't even know what we're here for? Mm. And I started looking at my son who was three years old at the time and my family whose health was doing great, you know, and just kind of all the things I was grateful for. And I penned that song, or I wrote that song, and it became one of my favorite, you know, it's now coming into year six, almost seven since the album's out. I got to perform that in London on my first big solo tour. Like 
that song is so meaningful and I probably wrote it in seven minutes. It's always great when you have a song that really like ex- expresses that personal like story um, and something you've you've gone through and, and someone else can relate to it in a way too and stuff and it kind of can inspire other people and stuff. So I love that's that really cool. the relation part, like when people yeah. will come after a show and be like, that song got me through this. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, I played that for my mom when she was going through a rough time. Like that's the stuff that hits us as artists in the Absolutely. core. Absolutely. The reasons you write music is to, for that feeling. Yeah. For that, Very that cool. high. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were a, a school teacher. I um, wanted to know a little more about that. Did you teach music or Ironically, I did not. So I grew up uh, having an undiagnosed learning disability, Mm -hmm. and I never thought that I was going to be a teacher per se because I was going to be this NHL athlete, you know, Mm -hmm. but I did really like working with youth, and those were always summer jobs, but I always focused on working with youth with uh, special needs or extraordinary needs. So when I left college, I went to college for communication and radio. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be on the radio. I went and I substituted in a Boston public school in Roxbury thinking it's going to be a day gig. Immediately they put me in what they used to call a sub-separate room, which was with children with behavioral challenges, um, cognitive challenges, children with autism. And they put me in this room on day one. I was 21 years old and I was like, oh man, I'm either going to sink or swim. Yeah, And I swam. And that school said, you know, this teacher's not coming back. Would you like to stay long term? Oh, wow. And 12 years later, I retired from that same school. It was the Timothy Middle School. Shout out to Roxbury. Very Roxbury cool. still has my heart. But I stayed in that. I ended up getting a master's degree in special education. Nice. Got my teacher's cert. And to this day, I still mentor youth that have, I like to call them extraordinary needs. Uh, my son actually has extraordinary needs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I've been in that realm. Mm-hmm. And I found music, even though I wasn't a music teacher, to be the connect I was actually their science teacher, oh, cool. their writing teacher, their reading teacher, and their math teacher. So I was able to connect music through all of those subjects, which in turn helped my writing career. Very cool. So I give a lot of props to those years of my life. And that sounds like really rewarding work. And it's cool that you were able to tie music into how you were teaching that stuff. It was a great time. And I, I miss it, but I'm happy to be where I'm at. Do you have any shows coming up or anything? I do. I'm actually going to be at Wally's on December 10th, which I'm excited to say. Wally's Jazz Cafe is, we know that Wally's is so renowned in the world, but also obviously to Boston and they shut down for a long time during COVID. So December 10th, I am guest starring with Chris Hanford, who's going to be playing guitar with me today and his crew. Most of them are Berkeley grads or Berkeley current Mm -hmm. students. And due to my more recent vocal surgery, this will kind of be my first show Mm-hmm. coming out since that so yeah. it's a big deal so it's december 10th like 9 p.m in boston very cool definitely we'll try to check that out yeah that sounds awesome. it's a cool space as you know what's one piece of advice you'd give to singer songwriters who are just getting started i would say on the inspirational side i would tell them you know to not give up and not scrap those pieces of notes and pieces of paper that are aggravating them at the moment because later they may come to fruition in another song. I think I threw too many songs away when mm-hmm. I was younger. On the business side, protect yourself. I think the first step is always to sign up for ASCAP or BMI mm-hmm. and then copyright. I could make a song that says, I mean, a, a t-shirt, copyright, copyright, copyright. My brother and I have had so much material stolen from us in early oh, wow. days. So anytime I'm mentoring someone or in some sort of like clubhouse, 
you know, group chat about the music industry, I think protecting yourself and your property mm-hmm. is like the number one advice we should give to kids growing up. And I don't think there's enough classes. The record company does a great job of offering resources to people coming up in the business. I'm always around for a DM. If any mm-hmm. artist is listening and they're like, I have questions, DM me. Like you're better off asking and feeling dumb or whatever than later on having your stuff taken. Yeah, yeah. That's really important. I've also had issues with like figuring out who owns what and yes. stuff and that always gets complicated and stuff. So messy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Very awesome advice. Thank you so much for sharing your story and insights with us today. And uh, it was so great to uh, learn more about you and um, yeah, let's hear some music. I can't wait. Thank you for having me awesome. on today. All right. So this song is an unreleased song. It's called Scar Tissue. It was actually written by Ken He's one of the writers that worked on my three of my albums. I met him in New York. He's one of my bestest friends. And we've yet to put it out for many different reasons. But I think after today, this is a song that needs to go out into the world. Chris Hanford on guitar. Let's hit it. Sleeping in a windy city in the coldest nights under the lowest lights. Explain the healing that comes with pain. Explain the sunshine that comes with rain. Scar tissue looks better when you know the story. Tracing lines, knowing I survived and ready to let you in. I've seen some things, I've been through some more. Spoke with all these demons, even waited their response. I know I'm worthy. Of being loved None can hurt me More than I've done Scar tissue looks Better when you know The story I'm tracing lines Knowing I survived And ready to let Is it beyond saving this thing we found? Is it beyond repair this broken skin? Now can we come to terms with being far from perfect? I won't cover these scars, I know what they mean. They're telling a story. Tissue looks better when you know the story. I'm tracing lines, knowing I survived and ready, ready, ready 
on guitar. That song is called Scar Tissue. This next song that we are going to perform is called Organic Produce, written solely by me. The original song was produced by June Jissel. June Jissel is an East Coast boy, but he lives down south now. And we met each other through TikTok. We've never met in person, but we created an EP a couple years ago. And this is my favorite joint off of that EP. Once again, organic produce. Got you feeling like you might even risk your life She got leaves on her window Her crib smelling like endo Incense in the living room She got Jimmy on the walls And a purple haze don't face her You know what she like She know what she like If you're lucky you can stay the night But not tonight, you know why? <laughs> Never gonna, you're never, never gonna get hurt. Ooh, you're never gonna get it. No, no, never gonna, never gonna get hurt. No, no. You know why? I'ma tell you. <laughs> she walked like she owned it. Never need no validation. She ain't lonely. Been through all of the stress, it ain't break her. She ain't falling for nobody who ain't faithful She got leaves on her window Whole crib smelling like endo Incense in the living room She got Jimmy on the walls And that purple haze don't face her Cause she knows what she likes And she knows what she likes But you can't come over tonight You know why? Babe, ooh, 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 ooh. Never gonna get her. No, 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 no. I said, I said you're never gonna get her, never gonna get her. No, never gonna, never gonna get her. No, never gonna get her, never gonna get her. Never, never gonna get her. No, no, no. Miss Independent. Never. Never, 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 never gonna get her. Organic produce. <laughs> All right, this next song I'm going to be performing is called Make It. It's off my Tommy Boy album. I like to call it my freshman album after my rebirth. I wrote this song. And I wrote it in a really dark time in my life, and I'm very excited to be able to perform it when my life has taken such a dope 
turn for the better, especially for me and my son. I have Chris Hanford on guitar performing with me today. Still, <laughs> let's do it. Constant, constant, constant back and forth The road, the road to read I say, how we gonna make it If we don't really know what we're here for What we're here for, no How we gonna make it If every other day leaves my heart on I don't, I don't think you hear me How we gonna make it We don't really know what we're here for Yeah, yeah, yeah How we gonna make it If every other day leaves my heart sore But you know what I said We gonna make it, babe We gonna make it, babe We gonna make it We gonna make it We gonna make it, there. We gon' make it, baby We gon' make it, yeah Said we made it, I said we made it I said we made it, yeah How we gonna make it? Chris Hanford on guitar Play a little song, Chris Here for, here for, we're here for, yeah, yeah, yeah. How we 
of every day leaves my heart sore. And that song was Make It. Thank you so much. You can find me, my music, information about Chris, lisabellomusic.com, or Instagram, at lisabellomusic. Thanks for listening to Songs of Inspiration. Until next time, keep supporting live music, stay safe, and be well. This podcast is produced by True to the Vision Music. For more information, check out LarsWhitman.net.